Hey, we're so glad you're here this morning. Uh, my name's Chad. I'm one of the pastors here. Uh, you have made it to Sunday Morning Church, and it is not sometimes easy to get here. Uh, so if you had a crazy morning, if it was a little bit stressful getting here, I'm just super glad you're here because uh, God is doing some great work in our church, and you've arrived at a really great place. Uh, while I was down there singing, I, I was just thinking to myself, you know, I, I need to sing. And when I sing, I just start to kind of get realigned, right? Realigned with my God. And it's such a good experience, and so I'm so grateful for that. So I'm glad you're here. Uh, I want to share a quick story with you as we jump into this series called Chemistry. Um, recently, I was at the gym. And when I go to the gym, I, I run into uh, a lot of faces that I see regularly. And a lot of these faces I, I really don't know names with. I don't have associations or relationships with them. I just see them, you know, going back and forth. And uh, on this one particular day, I was... I was standing there, and I was at the, uh, the tricep pull-down machine. Do you guys know what the tricep pull-down machine is? All right, so the tricep pull-down machine, you know, basically like, uh, you know, you're, you're kind of standing here like this, right? Okay. So I'm at the tricep pull-down machine, and uh, I see this guy that I've seen, I don't know, 100 times coming my direction. Now, a little background on this particular individual. I see him all the time, and he talks to everyone, but he doesn't talk to me. I don't know why. I, maybe it's me. I, I don't know, but I can't figure out. So I'm at the tricep machine. And, and for the longest time, because of my personality, I, I'm like this guy that has no problem talking to strangers. I just strike up a normal conversation with anybody and just say hello. But I have not had this interaction with this individual yet. So I'm at the tricep machine, right? And here he comes. And instantly in my brain I go, this is my chance. <laughs> and so I do what... I've coined the awkward nod. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, right? You're mad. I'm at the machine, and I go. Now, here's what I'm expecting. I'm expecting while I'm at this machine for this gentleman to go, hey, let's get to know each other. He does none of that. He just keeps on walking. And so now I'm left at the tricep machine realizing I have just given this very awkward nod and feeling pretty stupid. Why didn't he say hi to me? What's wrong with me? Uh, I may never say hi to this guy again. And I start this narrative in my head that eventually ends up making this guy look pretty bad to the point where I'm thinking, what a jerk! How could he not say hi to me? He says hi to everybody else. I am never going to say hi to this guy. And then it hits me. Why am I acting like this? What, what's happening in me? Why am I reacting this way? This is relationships, right? Whether they're awkward, or whether they're serious, or whether they're enjoyable, whether they're easy or hard, this is relationship. Now, I'll be straight. I, I've got some difficult relationships, but man, do I have some good ones, right? I've got some people who love me, who are good to me, who are gracious to me, who would speak truth to me if I need it. And these, this is the beautiful part of, of life, to have these type of relationships. And of course, I, I've got the ones that are difficult, the ones that are challenging, that cause me stress and anxiety and make me feel um, nervous or, or, or worried or concerned or doubt myself. And does it surprise you then that probably the, the hardest thing in our world today is relationships? I mean, this is probably the most difficult thing about our life. We face challenges of all kinds, but when it comes to relationships, man, it's difficult. 
Would it then surprise you then that difficult relationships are the very thing that God is using to advance his mission on planet Earth? Relationships. I mean, think about, think about God and relationships in humanity, right? Um, think about Jesus and his mother. Think about the father and the son. Think about this guy, Jesus, and his buddies, the disciples. Relationships. Relationships are the most vital tool for God to advance his heart in humanity. The number one vital tool. I mean, relationships are like, use this metaphor, the nucleus of an atom. How many chemistry fans do we have in here? I'm not a chemistry fan, okay? I don't even remember chemistry. I remember science, but not chemistry. And, and relationships in our world are literally like the nucleus of an atom. It is the central part of what God is doing in our world today. In chemistry, we use this thing called the periodic table. Are you familiar with the periodic table? Uh, it's a series of numbers and letters that indicate an arrangement of elements based on their atomic structure. And the organization of this table can be used to derive relationships between elements, and they can be used to predict chemical reactions and behaviors that allow us to make new discoveries and create new objects and do different things. Basically, this thing up here is a scientific roadmap of relationships. So for example, if I were to take carbon and oxygen and build a relationship with them, what do I get? Carbon dioxide. Some chemistry people in the room. What if I take hydrogen, two of them, and two oxygens and put them together? I get hydrogen peroxide. There you go. Relationships. Some of you call H2O. Two hydrogens, <laughs> not one. The elements of this table are created for relationships. The entire universe is built on relationship. Are you catching this? All of matter is built around the idea of elements relating together. And with great predictability, we can navigate these relationships with brand new ideas. And relationships are kind of the same way. I mean, often we can predict reactions that show up within ourselves and allow us to help communicate in certain ways. So let me ask you this question. How are your relationships going? How's it going? How was your morning? Are there relationships that are hard? Probably. Some probably are coming to mind right now. Are there relationships that are going really well? Are there people that love you deeply and graciously? Names come to my mind. Are there relationships that are keeping you up at night, creating anxiety, making you feel nervous? There are for me. Are there relationships that you will drive really, really fast home to see because you love them and they mean so much to you? My wife and my kids are that way. I have those. So how's it going? You know, I think when we examine relationships, the good, the bad, the hard, the easy, we, we kind of assume that our reactions in these relationships are somewhat unpredictable and probably even somewhat irrational. I mean, that's how I view or have viewed my own emotional reactions in relationships. 
And while I think it's honest to say that each of us react differently with different relationships, I also think it's, it's very honest for us to be able to say and, and accept that our behaviors, our emotions, the way that we react with each other are very predictable. They're not irrational. They're not a mistake. We should be paying attention to this. And here's the only reason why I can say that. Because the same is true of our God. Our God is very predictable. All through Scripture, we see God interacting with humanity. Yes? But not just interacting. We see him reacting with humanity. That's different. Yes, God is interacting with his people, but he's also responding to them, right? God's people does something and he reacts. God initiates, his people respond. It's a relationship. So for example, when God created the earth, how did he feel? He felt good. Yes? When sin entered the world and humanity broke and the relationship was disjointed, how did God feel? Well, the scripture tells us that he was jealous. The scripture tells us that he was grieved by the pain of the world. This is a reaction. Yes? In Isaiah, we see that God cries out in pain, gasping and panting over the sins of the world. In the book of Hosea, we read that God's actual posture of his heart changes within, and he is aroused with compassion, and he is aroused with joy for his people. This is a reaction. Let's jump into the New Testament. Jesus, we find, is distressed when he looks out and sees the stubborn hearts of man. Jesus is reacting. When the Holy Spirit comes and fills the world and fills Jesus, the scripture in the book of Mark says that Jesus is filled with joy through the Holy Spirit. Reaction. All the time. So God's reactions say a lot about who he is. And so our reactions say a lot about who we are. If we can expect God to react a certain way, don't you think we should anticipate that we would react a certain way? I mean, we can expect God to react a certain way when we obey him and when we disobey him. We can expect God to react differently when we display him or when we cover him up. We can expect God to react differently when we worship him like we have been today or when we don't worship him. <laughs> I mean, if this is true about our God, is this not then true about ourselves? And if it is true about ourselves, why am I not aware of it? <laughs> why am I acting so strangely at the pull-down bar in a gymnasium? Uh, there's a passage in Scripture I want to share with you. It comes from the book of Ephesians. And as I read this, you're not going to see it on the screen. I just want you to kind of take it in. As I read through this passage of Scripture, what, what I'm hoping that you will do is you will notice the reactions. Okay? There's reactions happening. It's Ephesians chapter 4, and starts in verse 22, and we'll go on for a few moments here. It says, You were taught with regard to your former life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, and to be made new, in the attitude of your minds, and to put on your new self, 
created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, each of you must put off the falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. Anyone who has been stealing must no longer, but must work doing something useful with their own hands, that they may have something to share with those in need. Do not let any unwholesome talk come from your mouth, but only what is helpful for building up others according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind, be compassionate, forgiving each other just as Christ God has forgiven you. And so follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love just as Christ has loved and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. You know, in chemistry, reactions are when two molecules get together and the molecular structure of those two elements changes into a new compound. This is what a reaction in chemistry is about. And the same is true with God in our lives. And so when we look at that passage of Scripture in Ephesians, we, we notice a few reactions. You see, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, to put on your new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Literally what that means is that the molecular structure of the presence of God joined in a relationship with the molecular structure of your former self and something changed. And now you have a what? New self into a new being where you get to walk with God in true righteousness and holiness. The molecular structure of your spiritual life has completely transformed. You had a former life, but now you have a new one. You see, every element in chemistry has a reaction. If we look at the periodic table, we're going to notice a few things. We're going to notice columns, and we're going to notice groups, and we're going to notice colors. And if you examine the periodic table from left to right, you're going to notice that the elements react differently from left to right. The most reactive elements are to your left. The least reactive elements are to your right. So for example, sodium, if you can find sodium, it's more reactive than aluminum. But here's something interesting. The furthest column, all the way to the right, is a special group of gases known as the noble gases. This spiked my interest. Noble gases do not interact with other elements when they're under pressure. That's what makes them noble. For all intents and purposes, they're inert. All these gases have a high level of inert activity under pressure. This is why something like helium can be used to be put into an oxygen tank and a diver can go to the deep parts of the ocean and that tank not explode. 
this got me thinking. Our emotional makeup is very similar, yeah? I mean, we all have parts of us that are resistant under pressure. Uh, and for the purpose of this illustration, take, for example, patience. Patience is very inert. But we also have things that are very reactive, things that move very quickly within us emotionally, like joy and happiness and excitement and curiosity and grief and anger and sadness. These come very quickly to us. But in either case, both of these emotions, these indicators in, uh, within us, are telling us something about us. And so whether reactive or whether inert, both are designed to be saying something to you. And so the question is, are you paying attention? I'll be honest, I, I'm not very in tune with how I feel from time to time. And so I miss out on what my body is actually trying to communicate to me. Or even more so, what God might be trying to say to me. A few years ago, uh, I had gone up to a worship conference. Uh, I was up on the north side of Chicago and I drove up there all by myself. I was up there for two days. And while I was there, I was, I was excited. I was anticipating to build some new friendships, maybe get to know some new folks uh, who were leading worship at other places. And after two days, I was on my way home, and I, I actually didn't make any relationships. I didn't meet anyone. Um, and that a little bit surprised me. But here's what really surprised me. And the only reason I remember this is because of how pivotal it was for me in my walk with the Lord. I'm driving home, and uh, you guys know, like, when you look at a reservoir on a wall, and you see a crack in that reservoir, and there's water starting to leak out of it? And then suddenly that reservoir crack opens up, and what happens? A gush of water comes flooding through, yes? This is literally what happened to me in my heart. I'm driving home, and literally like a crack in a reservoir dam, my heart just bursts open wide, and my hands start to tremor, and tears start to fall down my face, and I get that really nasty lump in your throat where you can't breathe. Are you with me here? You've felt this before? And it was so bizarre and so out of place and seemed what seemed to be very unpredictable that probably medically I was probably having a nervous breakdown. Anxiety was probably gripping on me in ways that I was not familiar with and I, I was really coming unraveled. And the only thing I needed to do was call my wife. That's the only thing I needed to do. So I picked up the phone and I called Anna. Now this is about eight or nine years ago, so it wasn't hands-free yet, okay? And so I'm having a moment, and I'm holding my phone, and I'm like, Anna, I don't know what's going on. I'm really upset. And then there's blue and red lights flashing in my rearview mirror. And I'm like, honey, I got to go. Uh, I think I just got pulled over. Hang the phone up, pull the car over. I, I really don't know what's happening to me. Officer walks up, walks over. I look, I look up at him. And the officer says, are you Okay. The officer says to me, are you okay? Not license and registration, please. He says, are you okay? I have no idea if I'm okay. He goes, you know why I pulled you over? Uh, I think it's because I was on my cell phone in a construction zone. That's a pretty big ticket, folks. Uh, yeah, that's why I pulled you over. I'm like, I'm so sorry. And I'm trying to hold it together. You know, you're trying to hold it together? You know that feeling? And he says, you look like you're having a pretty rough day. Put your phone down and go home. Off I went. No ticket. 
completely irrational, completely unpredictable, yet pivotal. Something was happening. Something was reacting within me. What was it? Why am I reacting this way? Here's what I think. Reactions are God's beautiful invitation to know him more. That's what I think. To various degrees, all of us are searching for God. To know him, to understand him, to relate to him. And somewhere along the line, God puts this desire within us to actually become more like him. And in all of that, we have this amazing invitation from him to know him and ourselves if we pay attention to reaction. St. Augustine, uh, in the Confessions of around 400, he says, how, how can you draw close to God when you are far from yourself? And then he prays, grant, Lord, that I might know myself, that I might know thee. St. Teresa of Avila, uh, if you don't know who this is, man, she's a saint. She's a Spanish saint. She's Jewish descent. Around the 1500s, she wrote in The Way of Perfection, almost all of the problems in the spiritual life stem from a lack of self-knowledge. Beautifully well said. One of my favorite books, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, Pierce Gazzara says, one of our greatest obstacles in knowing God is our lack of self-knowledge. And so we end up wearing a mask before God and before ourselves and before other people. And we can't become self-aware if we cut off our humanity out of fear of our feelings. Have you ever been afraid of how you feel? Have you ever thought to yourself, eh, it's just my emotions. They don't mean anything. That is a lie. That is not the way God communicates. God feels. And if God feels and we feel, then it's a very godly thing to have an emotional reaction and we should be putting some stock into it. So looking back on that drive home, I see God's amazing invitation in the midst of my unraveling, in the midst of me completely coming undone to explore him and to explore myself. So how do we accept these invitations? When they show up, how do we react? Well, this has not been an easy process. <laughs> it's not an easy process. But here's some of the things I'm doing, and I, I want to share this with you because I think they've played a really big part in the way that I relate with people, in the way I relate with my family, in the way that I relate with my God. And the first one is just this. Look inside and observe your reactions. Take some time to sit with God and just listen. I'm one of these individuals that likes to get things done. Be productive, be successful, go, 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 and ignore what I think and feel let alone just sit still and not move and allow God to speak. But I can promise you, when you find a moment where you can just sit and listen and give yourself to the Spirit of God, that simple posture over a course of time will begin to reveal things you may never have known about yourself because God loves you. <laughs> and if that's not enough, Try an inventory. Try a spiritual gift test. Read a, read a good book. Do something to juggernaut whatever is in you to make you more self-aware of what's happening inside. And then when you do, take this next step. And I've enjoyed this as I've gone on. Find someone to share what you find with others. Don't just make some observations about yourself, write it down and ignore it. 
Find a friend. Find your spouse. Find your brother or your sister. Find a pastor. Find a coworker. Choose to be vulnerable and share that idea. And, say, and just say this. Is this true about me? Do you see this in me? Because the way I see myself, I'm not sure if that's accurate. I would really like some feedback. Because in that feedback, I'm hoping I'm going to discover something new or affirm what I've already found. You'd be amazed how often people would love to give you feedback. <laughs> but here's what I've learned. If I put myself before people who really love me, they will give me the feedback I need. And that is gold to my heart. Yes? Gold to my heart. Here's what I know. Christians that's what we are, are to provoke one another to love. It is the characteristic New Testament term for a love that is not self-seeking. It is a love whose paradigm is the cross. And this is the most important Christian obligation. Believers are to help one another attain it. It's interesting then that this kind of love is thus a product of a community activity. It's a virtue that requires two elements coming together. Yes, you can practice your faith. Yes, you can have your hope. But you cannot practice love by yourself. So who are you speaking honestly with? What feedback are you not getting that you need to get? What might be different about you if others actually had the chance to speak into your life? Once I begin to posture myself and really listen, I, I mean truly listen, I start to make some changes. And this becomes the third step and the hardest step. It's good to sit and listen and to allow God to speak. It's good to give others the opportunity to speak into your life. But the hardest part really and the biggest hurdle is to have courage to actually react differently. And now it sounds trendy and it might sound cliche, but it's very difficult change. Growing in self-control, not easy. Growing in patience, probably going to take some suffering. But what about something as simple like it says in James where we're, we're called to be slow to speak and quick to listen? How do we do that? That's not easy to do either. Especially when a negative pressure is coming on you and the only thing that's inside of you to do is to say something quick, to shoot someone down, to fight or when that negative pressure is coming, instead of fighting, maybe you resist and you back off and you run away. It's not easy in either of those situations to react differently. And it's going to take a lot of courage for you to trust within yourself and your God to actually respond in a different way. And I only know this because this is what I've experienced. You see, courage, instead of fighting, puts the fists down, shuts the mouth, and asks a question. Courage in resisting says, I'm not going to run away. I'm not going to avoid the person I'm dealing with, but I'm going to step back into this space. I'm going to re-engage, but not in an issue of resistance. I'm going to re-engage by asking a question. What's happening here? What's going on? Help me help you. Let's figure this out together. 
So where do you know your reactions and your postures actually need to change? Where is this happening for you? Could it change? Once you've figured this out, once this starts to happen regularly, here's a beautiful fourth step. Create godly reactions in others. Do it for somebody else. Build healthy relationships by creating godly reactions in others. Listen to what the writers of Hebrews says in chapter 10. Let us consider how we may spur one another on to love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another all the more as you see the day approaching. So in essence, what he's saying here is, put your mind to the work of creating good reactions in others that leads to good works. This is what we're supposed to be putting our minds to. Let me just say this. Our world needs less accusation and way more affirmation. Would you agree with that? How often are we hearing the accusation after accusation, after judgment, after shame, after this, after that, and it just keeps beating down on your relationships? We need way more affirmation. And where should that voice of the affirmation be coming from? The church, from us. The world should walk into this place and see relationships and go, something's up here. It's actually pretty cool. People are getting along. There's some, there's some real health happening in this place. Is there not? I love this church. There's some good stuff happening here. Who is different because you've created reactions in them? Who are you affirming? Who have you chosen to give grace to instead of casting judgment? So many people have given me grace. <laughs> so many people have been gentle to me when they could have just <laughs> crossed the face. Oh, man. Are you seeing evidence of this in your life? In the lives of the people around you, are your relationships building? Or are they being destroyed? Man, what, a, what an amazing invitation God has for us when we start to pay attention to the reactions. Let me leave you with this story. Uh, many years ago, um, some of you might know this story very well, uh, it was July 19th, 1989, and uh, there is a flight, uh, United Air 232, and you might have a guess of where this is headed. Uh, United Flight Air 232 uh, from Denver to Chicago had a problem. And uh, the fan inside uh, this engine, uh, highly improbable event, blew up, this, this disc fan. A billion and one chance that this fan explodes, right? And what happens? The plane goes down. Lives are lost. Now here's what you don't know. What you don't know is that this plane has been flying for 18 years. What you don't know is this plane has had over 15,000 takeoffs. No problems. Now all of a sudden, this one little moment in this disc fan, big problem. So what was the problem? After exploring the issue, what they realized is that in the disc fan, there was this tiny bubble in the metal of the fan. The molecular structure of that fan had a little tiny bubble that caused, over time, pressure on that fan 
to make it explode. So this tiny bubble called this huge effect. Flaws in the core of our emotional being are like that tiny bubble. They might not show up for a while, but the mounting pressures of life over and over and over again will find that point of imperfection. And over the course of time, this metaphorical nitrogen bubble inside does its work of eroding the integrity and the personal core of our being. And while it might be a blind spot, a hidden area is something far more dangerous. So this is one reason why self-examination, self-awareness, asking yourself, why am I reacting this way is so important. We need to carefully find these nitrogen bubbles in us so that often we can improve what's happening and we can resist or even possibly save ourselves from creating some pretty bad destruction in our friends, in our marriages, in our homes. You see, our discovery of God and our discovery of ourselves can change atmosphere, can change relationships. And we owe it to the people we love to do this. You got some people you love? Some people that mean a lot to you? I do. I owe it to them to think about myself. I owe it to them to put myself before a great God and say, God, why am I reacting this way? Lord, what's happening to me right now in this moment? God, speak to my heart. Here's what I do know. Psalm 139. Someone who also had the same problem said this. I have nothing but hatred for them, my enemies. I count them as my enemies. But God, search me. Know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. And see if there is any offensive way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. Let's pray. God, it's such an honor to know that, God, when our, our emotions kick in, uh, whether good or bad, happy, sad, joyous, grief, anger, curiosity, excitement, Lord, all the ways that you have made us, uh, God, all these things are reactions. Lord, it's, it's amazing to know that these invitations are there by you. And so, God, allow us to be grateful. God, allow us to have posture to accept what you're doing in us. And God, give us great courage to just step out and to talk with others about what's happening because, God, ultimately, we, we want to be loving people. God, ultimately, we want healthy relationships. So, God, stir us to have good chemistry. God, stir us to have good chemistry with you and with the people around us. In the name of Christ, we pray. And the church says,